に上がる関係に<笑> Shall we begin? The answer is coming. I can do this all day. Tear down this wall. One hundred years apart, two ideologies, two ways of thinking were born, molded in the circumstances of the revolution. Invisible hand or class divided, planned economy or market, an inquiry into the nature and causes of the wealth of nations or capital, a critic of political economy, Karl Marx or Adam Smith, both were right, both were wrong. The radical knowledge of both these men led the foundations to the development of the world and the academic disciplines of economics of the West and the East. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Worlds Collided. This is Adam Smith versus Karl Marx. Oh, and look, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, ready to divide classes, ready to discuss free markets and everything else in between. For all of you who maybe don't know who the Karl Marx and Adam Smith are, they are one of most profound figures in the economics. Uh, Adam Smith was a Scottish philosopher and economist. He wrote The World of Nations, was one of most important uh, works in the economics. Also, he was the father of the idea of the invisible hand, which implies that the uh, individuals are led by the, uh, their selfish own interests and their their own interests, our interests, are the interests of the public. Also, he was uh, for the idea of laissez-faire order and uh, free market. And Karl Marx, of course, uh, Deutsches uh, philosopher and uh, writer of uh, Das Kapital and Communist Manifesto. Of course, the uh, the ideological father of uh, Marxism, uh, which uh, he... Uh, found with uh, Friedrich Engels, and um, uh, their work uh, was based on uh, struggles of uh, social classes and uh, building the classless society, uh, how capitalism, uh, the wrongdoings of the capitalism, uh, its shortcomings, and uh, how uh, it should be transformed in the future. So uh, Karl Marx and uh, Adam Smith were ready to square them off as they were been squaring off for almost 200 years, he lets go. Yeah, this is like this is like crashing two other founding fathers, founder, founding father of the uh, classic economy, of the political economy, and uh, founding father of the capitalism. Uh, yeah, 100%. But uh, when you think about it, uh, uh, Smith's work uh, came before Marx's work, obviously, but uh, uh, the way those two works influenced. Uh, our world, especially in the 20th century uh, and in 19th century, Marx more in the 20th century, uh, is truly marvelous and we can see effects to this day. So, uh, the fundamental, we have many uh, of differences, obviously, between uh, Marx and uh, Smith and uh, the way their thoughts work. But uh, one, of the, one of the most obvious one, you know, the free market and the, 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 you know, closed market, so to speak, and also on the matter of private ownership, uh, which I want to discuss both. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, in the book, I uh, read the great book of economics uh, that I read about uh, that uh, Richard L. Straub wrote, uh, that said that economic progress uh, will be uh, much uh, sped up if, uh, the the private ownership is, uh, is uh, you know regulated and uh, everybody has uh, the right to own uh, their property uh, to sell their property you know or to sell their goods and uh, that will make the country wealthier and uh, its citizens richer and Marx on the other hand uh, uh, 
the goal of uh, socialism is communism, as he said, and uh, the communism is based on, uh, you know, that uh, uh, all the private property will cease to exist. Everything will uh, belong uh, to the, uh, you know, the state and right, uh, later that will develop further. But uh, everything, there will be no private ownership. So how do you see that difference? Uh, do you think that uh, in some sense that uh, that idea of uh, no private ownership is it just utopian dream or maybe even dystopian and how does does that work with your mind you know i think that it's depending on uh, your viewpoint uh, for me it's dystopian to have all the ownership in the public domain and for some it's the utopian uh, for example, uh, the, the, our parents, our grandparents who lived in the communistic regime, they think it's all great because they were all safe. But we will talk about that later. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I think it's important to see Adam Smith and uh, Karl Marx as the first in this uh, way of thinking. So it's uh, like the stepstone uh, for, the, for their theories to go further, to evolve. Uh, yeah, and listen, when you think about it, um, uh, their works, there have been a lot of butchering of uh, those works and their original thoughts, you know, because we know that the free market that uh, Adam Smith in envisioned is not exactly the free market we have even now in the yeah. successful cap capitalistic states. And the, the, the socialist idea and the, the idea of uh, means of production that were owned by the public and later communism, they were never uh, quite you know, presented in reality like Marx wanted, which is, you know, kind of interesting. You know, maybe the, the biggest flaw of both these theories, when we find some middle ground between it, uh, it's, it's the people. You know, uh, they both uh, go from the idealic markets, you know, uh, no monopoles, no oligopoles or, or uh, externalities or anything. And maybe the answer is in you, you, I believe you heard for the Austrian uh, school of economics, for yeah. the philosophic school. And we need to see the humans as they are. And every human is an individual. So we are closer to that Adam Smith viewership. But we know we need some control mechanism. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I... That's the problem with the idea of, of communism and the socialism. It's generally really utopian. Even though some people like to say, oh, no, it's not Ethiopian. Yeah, it is, because people are people are not the, uh, so good. You know, we can't work for everybody else. You know, we got to work for our own interest. And from our interest, they will, the public will gain interest. We're not, like, we can't only work for the public uh, you know good or you know th that's that's not in human nature essentially and that's why that system will fail in my opinion uh, in its making and that's why you see you see uh, the communist tri-states uh, murdering millions of people and the crimes that happened there uh, so we are leaning more into capitalist thinking and free market. But listen, free market isn't, uh, as uh, as I said, uh, the way uh, Smith envisioned it. Yeah, free market isn't so free with uh, such conglomerates. And uh, well, many countries and big companies, you cannot make, you cannot envision that straight line between them. For example, General Motors and uh, USA. Yeah. They are the same, or BMW and Germany. Yeah, and when you're thinking about the free market, you also see the flaws 
in human nature there because we are not ready for that freedom of market we need uh, the government to regulate you know we, we just have to you know find the help in there sort of saving in there you know because if the market goes sideways for the moment or we just can't accept it we're gonna run like oh and we need government to regulate the currency and to to, to break this monopoly and you know but you can't let the flow of the market go free because you're afraid. You can't bear it, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's just say capitalism is, isn't is the best uh, system, but it is the system we need. That's the system that best use the man. And we, we are scavenging it from day to day with consumerism and everything. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's the kind of thing, because uh, there are always critics of capitalism. But uh, I noticed that those critics of capitalism don't offer anything in return, you know, yeah. like, oh, this system is shit, but uh, what do you got? What do you got? Like, you, you can present us with communism, which we saw how it did, and you're going to say, oh, but it wasn't adapted well, because it can't be adapted. It's like the book that can't be adapted in the movie, great, you understand? <laughs> Uh, you know, and I would just like to add that both Marx and Smith were uh, betrayed by the economists, betrayed by the governments, and betrayed by the people. Well, this is not a brag, but you know, we are from the ex-Yugoslavian country, and we saw both regimes, communistic and democratic. So we have some unique viewpoint on this matter, and you know, when you talk with our elders who lived in the Tito's time, you know, they talk about Yugoslavia as the utopian dream. You would say that was the best country that ever existed, you know, and it, it was just a dream. It's nostalgia, believe me, because in that country, you had a right under the regime of the communists, uh, and I'm talking about the economic aspects you had uh, the opportunity just to be mediocre you couldn't be exceptional if you were better than everyone some of your goods would be taken and everyone would, would be the same and that's the part of the social justice that i doesn't like uh 100 100 and uh just like that but it's the perfect system for the pussies you know and uh, listen our like you said our elders are they are remembering it fondly uh, because they had, uh, you know, they were given by the government, they were given a flat, uh, they were given the, the, the vacation uh, in some shithole or, you know, seaside. But it's it's crazy to me, like, uh, that you're talking about uh, what happened in Yugoslavia and what happened during the 90s here. And people are still like, oh, Yugoslavia, I wish, I wish the country was still together. And how inherently awful it was it truly was you know and you're thinking about in the communist countries you know uh, work is everything everybody's got to be employed and you remember the, the 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 factory that our grandfathers worked uh you know the, the, the when the factory can efficiently work with 300 people but there are about 2000 employed that should tell you all about you need to know about the workings of the communist system and everybody gets everything and everybody should be equal so you know, it's bullshit. Yeah, in Yugoslavia, everyone was safe. They knew if they were incapable of, of even walking straight, they would get a job, they would get the flat, as you said. 
they would be safe. They would have lunch, dinner, breakfast every day. Yeah. And they don't need to do anything. And you are feeling safe. You have everything you need, let's say. And then comes the transition. And then comes the capitalistic regime where you need to think for yourself, when you need to develop yourself. And everyone is scared of it because they don't know for how much they are capable for. Yeah, and listen, this is an entire different topic about uh, the history of Yugoslavia. But uh, think about it. In 1991, uh, you have the breakdown of the communist regime, and we, we transition. I mean, these banana countries that came out of it, like really this... Uh, these poor states that came out of, you know, and you're tra- uh, transitioning now to this uh, so-called democracy. You're voting. People who never voted in their life. Now they can vote. And <laughs> they can open their private enterprise. And they don't know. All they are searching is safety, you know, because even today you see that kind of mentality when people are expecting the government to solve their problems. If their lamp in the house burns down, they're going to blame government on it. And although government can be pretty shit uh, these days, but definitely like there's that mentality of victimhood and entitlement just because you exist. Yeah, and, and there's always that phrase, what have my country did for me and i ask you what have you done for your country man yeah. what <laughs> i mean uh, it's like uh, like i said uh, yugoslavia is a great example because um for example you take uh, soviet union that killed so many people and uh, uh during mao's, uh, mao's regime in the china how many people died but you're thinking about yugoslavia you never heard about those uh mass killings and everything because they didn't truly happen except the the, the of course the, the naked island uh, but you know you're thinking about it and you think this was this switzerland of communist countries mm-hmm. and in true it was just a matter of time before that kind of system broke and you know what happened when it broke down the the, the, the catastrophe it was all in the hands of the one man. But that's far away from the, the topic, economic yeah. topics. And, you know, just now, people in our country, they still have this conscious that, that the country needs to open new factories, new business. No, the private owners are, we, we need to open new factories, not the government. Yeah, and that's the part that I hate about this this variation of capitalism called state capitalism like where the where the country will own the biggest businesses and that will employ the the the, the, the most of the workers like that's not how you do it i'm all for the small government i'm all for the people working in the private enterprise of course you can regulate you can uh, build the new rules and ensure the workers but this idea that uh, you know country needs to run the biggest enterprises it's just a failure you know although you know you you have the the, the examples like in america where just corporations uh, turn out to be way too much powerful and but that's another this uh, topic of discussion of course but uh, you know we need to find a solution as society in the middle where this will work it's mid's world money cannot buy you happiness but it can buy you a lambo and in mark's world Money cannot buy you happiness, but nor can buy you a Lambo. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, listen, we're we're a little bit, uh, you know, harsh on Marx because we need to be harsh on Marx, you know. <laughs> but uh, in some sense, 
uh, he said that uh, e- the economy is the 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 central point of uh, every every country you know every system and i can agree uh, with that on 100% because i think uh, if the country is has a poor economy he can it can function you know not that uh, the great economy will solve everything but uh, definitely the the poor economy will bring nothing for you and uh, i can agree with him on that uh, just like you said what by example our country Let's be clear first. I love my country. Uh, I, I, I fucking adore it. But, yeah. you know, we gained independence again, uh, not so long ago. And, you know, uh, all, although we have sovereignty, we are independent in some way. We still don't have that real independence in the economic way. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, economy, it's... It's definitely something that uh, we need to be more aware of, and not uh, me and you as an economic student, but the, the whole society. And I think that's where the Marx came in and uh, like made it like you know this and Smith as well. You know, you that's why the Wealth of Nations was so popular because it was written in the you know common language, yeah, yeah. so to speak, and people could read it and yeah this makes sense this is a visible hand i can see it you know if i work for my interest it's good you know and i, I think that it resonated with a lot of people some people resonate with mark some people resonate obviously with smith and uh, you know the, the writing the economy in that language is is serving the the people now you know it's fucked up that some people you know use it and interpret it in different ways but uh, definitely I can both give them pros, uh, you know, and positives for bringing that uh, just economic, political, and social thought uh, together and uh, bringing more awareness to it. Yeah, and you know, there's some quality behind it when for more than 200 years, these theories are still there, they're still active, they are still running with some modification by the neoclassics and uh, other economists. And, you know, those men, even for their lives, they they had so many critiques on their bill. Yeah, yeah. and uh, listen, uh, with uh, with Adam Smith, is uh, uh, at the time that world, uh, in both times they wrote their, uh, you know, capital, uh, I mean, capital and uh, wealth of nations. Those were, those were turbulent times in the world, you know, uh, especially, you know, considering the revolutions that were happening around the Marx and, uh, you know, yeah, uh, you know, that got this man to thinking and uh, listen, in, in some sense, I I kind of pity the people who, who you know, just see this uh, way of thinking that uh, Marxism became, you know, how some people eventually just butchered it and, uh, you know, took their own creation out of it. And I still don't agree with the Marxism or socialism. And But, you know, there are some of ideas out of there that we can use. And I think that's important to understand. Like, uh, Adam Smith, I'm, I'm a huge fan, obviously, of his work and uh, those ideas. But uh, I'm just thinking you need to have the critical thought to see this listen, this doesn't work here, uh, the, the the stateless communist society maybe doesn't work, but, you know, we need to think more about the class struggles and the rights of the workers, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and if you look at it this way, in the last couple of decades, even century, you know, 
we still uh, haven't got some some great uh, individuals, uh, some great uh, economists, uh, scientists. You know, yeah, yeah. We we have some great entrepreneurs in the last time. We have some great businessmen. In some manner, economics fields are moving in the sphere of micro. Yeah. But but we 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 don't every sphere of science has something groundbreaking and we have bitcoin yeah yeah definitely and i think the the, the work on the, just scholars of economics haven't been like you don't see any more milton friedman's you know yeah. writing the the capitalism and freedom you know uh, and, and i think in that thought you, you need to recalibrate that uh, that economic thought and listening uh, when we were speaking about Smith and and uh, Marx and uh, the way they collided, one of the f- uh, things I found uh, quite interesting is uh, their you know their views of competition because the the Smith viewed competition as great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will provide a better uh, product for the, the 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 people and it will uh, make businesses better. And Marx, on the other hand, which I completely do not agree, uh, thought it will bring uh, to the you know just you know exploitations of people and uh, that eventually monopolies will bring. So, what do you think about that? I think let's picture it this way: uh, Adam Smith himself. He had uh, competition in his own theories because in the time when he created uh, his uh, work theories and everything, you know, although that uh, Ricardo uh, diminished that later, he had competition. There was Ricardo, there was Mill, there was Smith, Jean-Baptiste Say. They were all competing to see who was right. And and the economic was overflowing with, let's say, with the talent from the, at the time, philosophers and regular men. Yeah, and Marx, you know, now when you mention competition, who was his competitor? Who yeah. was the, the the other side of the medal there? Uh, yeah, and uh, listen, the funny fun fact about Marx is he was uh, fighting for the or writing for the rights of the workers, but he spent most of his life unemployed, yeah. which kind of <laughs> you know. <laughs> but again. Uh, his viewpoint was that capitalism will eventually fall, uh, the classes will rise, uh, they will bring the, the revolution, and you'll have the uh, dictatorship of the proletariat. Which, you think about it, uh, there were revolutions. <laughs> you know, the, the, the revolutions happened in North Korea, in China, in uh, in Soviet Union. And what what did that bring to us? You know, uh, and now you, you see uh, you see what happens with students all over the world those 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 brats you know that they, they're just like oh we should adopt the communism and we lived our whole life in this capitalistic beauty of a country with free fucking healthcare except if you're in america uh, <laughs> but uh, think about it you know what do you see for the communism and what do you see for the capitalism in the future you know uh, that uh let's call it hypothesis that you mentioned uh, earlier let's just call it for me uh, natural order that's <laughs> and i don't want to uh, further explain it i think it's so obvious and for uh, in the future i think that we will be friends with the capitalism for many many years uh, to come uh, even maybe centuries with the path we took and you know the communism there the, the strongest progenitor of the communism currently now is the asia 
uh, and I mean China. And that's not the communism that Marx wanted, you know. And it's it's really important to see how now Russia and China and uh, Western countries will uh, position themselves in the geopolitical sense and everything. So if Chinese system, let's say, fall, and I believe that we are not so uh, so away from it, uh, I think that's the end of the communism. Uh, yeah, and uh, listen, uh, when you think about it, um, there has been some rise in communistic uh, fans, so to speak, in the in the last years. Uh, you know, especially in America, which is sad to see. Uh, definitely, my dear American listeners, stay strong. Uh, but when you think about China, and that's the perfect example of uh, betraying that idea of Marxism, they say they are Marxist-Leninist country, but it's truly this capitalistic, uh, the dystopian dictatorship, you know, authoritarian. You know, because when did China became the, one of the most powerful countries in the world? When Deng Xiaoping uh, just entered and introduced them with this free market economy, this thought that they were so unfamiliar with. And you see the pictures 30 years earlier of the Shanghai and uh, its World Trade Center now is there, not uh, Asia Trade Center is now there. And you see the pictures of 30 years earlier when that land was uh, the, the public ownership. And you will see just land, just grass there. So I think that speaks enough about the, the, the greatness and the usefulness of the private ownership, of the free business, of the free market. And we still have uh, things to learn, but I think that's the way to go. Yeah, and uh, let's say that uh, now with China, so growing strong and you well capitalism has strayed away from its original path let's be honest yes. and now with this feud with the uh, back with china just when we had the cold war between russia and uh, eastern bloc and uh, usa and western yeah. bloc uh, you know capitalism had uh, its own competitor it need uh, capitalism needed to show that it's better than these communistic regimes. And it showed it can be better. It won that battle. And after that, after President Reagan and everything, you know, capitalism has strayed more and more and more away. And we let it happen. And now when China is back, I don't know if it's just me, but under the radar, I can see that uh, in some micro levels, let's say, uh, capitalism itself is changing back to it, what it was before half a century ago. Uh, yeah, and that's quite, uh, that could be dangerous in some sense, because, you know, uh, maybe some rise of authoritarians and, you know, those kinds of things, but that's political, that's other topic of discussion. Uh, but in an economic way, uh, I think that, you know, down the line, every country realizes that they need these principles that, that Smith talked about, uh, otherwise they will crumble, you know. They need to let the people have the private ownership. They need to let the uh, entrepreneurs blossom and uh, uh, private businesses blossom. And they need to open the market more, cut the taxes. And, you know, uh, I think, as you said, the capitalism is changing. And what we're going to see from capitalism, I don't know what kind of kind of capitalism we're going to see 20, 30 years down the line. But I know that 
some of these these principles that Smith talked about will always, if implemented right, will remain forever. Um, like pinnacle of this episode. Uh, let's say for me, Adam Smith was more realistic because he was looking backward at what the world was and what the world is now. Uh, although that was in the time of the industrial revolution that Smith was in. And Marx, he was uh, the futurist. He, he, he tried to see the future and he saw it that it can be utopic future. And it can't. <laughs> and that's it for me. Uh, that was very nice. Very nice you summed it up. But uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I mostly agree with that. And uh, uh, listeners of the world unite. We stay genuine, uncensored and unscripted. And we always will, as we have to order our usual. Share us and subscribe us and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Iguzo!